The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, we've got a special bonus interview with my friend, Yahoo NBA insider, and I mean insider, insider, Jake Fisher. We interviewed him on BetMGM Tonight, my gambling show, along with my co-hosts, Ryan Horvat and PJ Glasser. He drops so much inside info. Just a ton. Give it a listen, and do me a favor, Nick, and drop that beat. My man Jake Fisher wrote a book all the way, by the way, just to let you guys know. He wrote a book called Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. So we'll get into some tanking conversation in a second because we got oh. Victor Wembanyama popping the brick for Vic. So, but we'll, that's, that's <laughs> in a second. I need to know, because I was reading your article earlier today about the Jacques Vaughn hiring. And in order to understand the Jacques Vaughn hiring, we kind of have to understand why Ime Udoka wasn't hired. It seemed like a done deal. At one point, you called the hiring imminent. Uh, but yeah. then there were whispers of the league stepping in. Like, did the league block Ime Udoka from being hired? So my understanding is that, no, the league did not directly block it from happening and that they did not forbid it. But there were definitely conversations happening behind the scenes. I don't know specifics, but I do know that there was some type of communication between the league office and Brooklyn to suggest maybe this isn't the right thing to do. I think they are a fun league pass team, but fun in that it's fun to see the young guys take steps, you know, game by game here, right? But I don't expect them to be a threat for the playing tournament this season. I think that was potentially the goal. I mean, everyone I've talked to on the team certainly wants to take a step forward in terms of competitiveness on a night-to-night basis. Certainly why they went out and traded for Bojan Bogdanovic, but it's not exactly a team that is like the New Orleans Pelicans a year ago where they were a C.J. McCollum trade away from really playing a playoff team. There's there's, there's stuff that has to be taken. I think they're a little bit removed from contending. I'd be surprised if this team is, you know, where Boston is now. I think they're still definitely a work in progress. In this clip, Jake, who has a ton of connections with the Minnesota Timberwolves, delves in on what is going wrong this year in Minneapolis and whether it can be fixed. Great stuff here. Well, firing Chris Finch, I think, would be a dramatic mistake. He is widely hailed as one of the better tacticians around the league especially on the offensive side of the ball. 
And from just being around the scene, I've randomly spent a lot of time with Minnesota Timberwolves uh, post-pandemic. He seems to really have a way about him in terms of connecting with these players and getting the best out of these guys. I think they're just it's just going to take time to fit. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a natural fit from the jump, right? So I think it's only natural that there's going to take time to smooth out the, the, the wrinkles with an iron of whatever, you know, tactical strategy makes sense. Or just I mean, There's a lot of ego in play here, too. Like, D'Angelo Russell's on a contract year, and Jalen Noel, even on their bench, is in a contract year. It looks like a lot of the guards finally have like a, a clear pick and roll dive big man and Rudy, and they're just using him to get their own shots. But there's not a lot of opportunity for synergy in the offense so far. So I, I think it'll be a work in progress. But the, you know, this was a, this was a trade made for you know three four years while you have Cat already signed and a lot of time left in Gobert's deal and Anthony Edwards still under team control for a while. So they're not going to make any panic with the deadline. Maybe they'll tweak a thing here or there. But this is going to be their core for the foreseeable future. When you look at this team, and from what you understand with the conversations that you've been around this team, who is the centerpiece? Who is the entree? Is it Carl Anthony Towns, or is it Ant? Or do they think that they have two entrees, like a surf and turf kind of a thing? <laughs> I'd say it's a surf and turf kind of thing. That's a good That's a good uh, final addition by you. Because I do think that they want Kat and Rudy to kind of be their identity, right? Where they're digging where the league is zagging, although... We are seeing length kind of pop up at a lot of different spots with Cleveland starting, you know, their three bigs last year and Orlando's doing the same thing. So it's not totally walking out of the blue, but for this team to really be a championship contender year after year with this makeup, it's going to, it's going to be dependent on Anthony Edwards becoming a legitimate two-way star, an all NBA guy, someone who, the ball's in his hands, play after play in crunch time, and, and you're confident he's going to be able to either get you a buck or to get somebody involved. And he's just not that right now. I mean, there are plenty of nights where his kind of poor decision-making, to be honest, just hasn't really been taking you know that next leap in terms of serving the floor, getting guys involved, getting good shots for either himself or others. He's going to be the real swing piece, the, the, the meat of that surf and turf, I think, is, is tougher to find. You can just pick any lobster and it'll be good, right? Like, I think to really get a prime cut for the typical team, he's got to be the main, the main attraction. He really does. I just want to kind of ask you about something two-pronged because there's nobody more qualified in this NBA space than you to discuss tanking, right? Uh, a lot of us thought that teams like the Spurs were brazenly going to be tanking Pop came out and said, do not bet on us to win the NBA title. And for some reason, the Spurs have become one of the most electric, exciting teams uh, in the league right now. So two-part question, like when you have early success and you're a team that maybe was thought to be tanking, uh, what's the strategy? How does that change? And then like what's happening in San Antonio? Because it feels like there's not Greg Popovich coaching this team, that it's a 20-year-old young coach out there with how this offense is running. There's a couple of themes, I think, that keep coming up when I talk about this with people around, around the NBA. And the first is that the lottery odds being what they are now, now there's four drawings and, and it's higher odds down the board. Teams also feel like you don't necessarily have to 
only win 10 to 17 games to get a top pick, especially in a draft like this where it's not just one money on, but there's Scoot Henderson and the Thompson Twins and other college guys that are getting town evaluators excited. The other thing, too, is that there's expected to be such a, a run on teams punting games down the stretch that teams are kind of expecting, like, we might just be able to get there eventually anyway. I think this early sample size is fun, and it's nice for teams like Utah and San Antonio, even Indiana. I mean, I know for a fact the Pacers want a top five pick. I know for a fact that the San Antonio Spurs to go to what possible to lose too early, like you said, want a top five pick. But Utah, I think they were expecting to kind of win some games here and see what maybe this veteran team could look like, what these pieces they got back could look like. Because also, they're going to rehab their trade value or boost it in some capacity. So none of these teams are finished products. I think we could certainly see Utah and San Antonio and others, you know, below the playing tournament picture when we get to March. March is a long, long way away. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As a Blazer fan, I had to ask Jake what he thought of the Blazers now and how they compare to the other so-called quote-unquote tanking teams like the San Antonio Spurs. As the author of the book on tanking, no one has better insight into this. They have a lot more veteran talent and established talent than the Spurs do. The Portland's for real. I mean, they want they want to compete. Damian Lillard is there and hoping to be the centerpiece of a team that can get back to the Western Conference Finals like they did you know, a couple of years ago. Uh, and, you know, they went out and got a wing player in Jeremy Grant that he's been close with since Team USA. Like, this is a, a, a move and a team that's all moving towards trying to win games. Utah, I mean, they're for real in terms of what they're doing. I think it's sustainable. I just don't know if they're going to have – I mean, I saw Danny Ainge gave a quote to Chris Mannix at Sports Illustrated today that he's never intentionally built teams to lose games like – I don't know. He traded Ray John Rondo in December one year to, to Dallas, and he traded J- Jeff Green and all those guys right after you know he sold on KG and Paul Pierce high before they you know fell off a cliff. So I mean, I personally am still expecting the Jazz to try to figure out a way to get down the standings because for a while after they traded Rudy, they were they were puffing out their chest and saying we're not trading Donovan, we don't want to rebuild, and then they traded Donovan. So that's kind of where my my head is at when it comes to the Jazz. In this clip, I asked Jake his opinion of the New York Knicks and whether he thought they were a candidate for a deadline move. He had some really great nuggets into what's happening in New York. I think they will make a deadline move. One thing John Horse has proven is that he's going to be super creative working within the confines of, I mean, the Bucks are the Bucks. They are not Cold State or Brooklyn or a team with the ability to pay and absorb a tax bill. Remember that Peter Tucker trade? They just, like, tweaked some protections of a pick and moved some money around, and all of a sudden they had their missing piece for that small ball unit. They've been linked pretty widely to Jay Crowder. I wrote today at Yahoo, Grayson Allen's name is certainly one. They're kind of weighing to see what his trade value could be. 
they'll make a move. I, I'm pretty certain of that. I don't know what it will be, but it, it, it looks like it'll be something in the wing rotation, the front court a little bit, even more so. Someone who can guard threes and fours, maybe even guard five a bit. But, well, someone has that P.J. Tucker role, and we'll see how Middleton and Connaughton can get back and be healthy because right now their depth is an issue that, that people are talking about in terms of how will they be able to continue doing this in the postseason. Another team, Jake, that looks like they're not done, I mean, maybe not this year, but like just holistically, when I spoke with a couple of people within the Knicks organization, they were very convinced that they needed to add more talent. Obviously didn't get Donovan Mitchell, but they have like a gajillion picks name that keeps mm-hmm. circulating around is SGA. What what do you think? Do you think the Knicks will make a move this year? Is it something that happens in the offseason? Like, what do you imagine happening for them to add talent? I think if there is a star that is the next star available that either adds out or the team decides to put them on the block, and the Knicks are going to be at the front of the line just like they were for Donovan. I think they're clearly hoping that it's someone, and I'm not saying that they want Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that. But they clearly want someone of that type of talent to be the guy that they go exchange all that capital for because one consistent theme I heard throughout the organization was that they didn't want to give up all these picks for Donovan and still need to go get that number one guy somewhere else. They thought that the deal made more sense for Cleveland and that they already had Darius Harlan and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and that New York was so concerned about saving picks and, and stuff in their cupboard to go get someone else to pair with Donovan and Jalen. So I think they're, they'll be more comfortable if it's a top two guy that becomes available. I don't know who that guy's going to be. I don't think there'd be a ton of interest from Brooklyn side of things to, to trade Kevin across the river if it ever, if things ever broke that way. And I, I honestly think Brooklyn's kind of be, going to be trending back towards a team that maybe is competent here under Jock Vaughn. And sounds like Kyrie's going to be coming back into the fold at some point soon. So I'm not sitting here holding hope that Kevin Durant's going to come in the New York Knicks. So I don't know who that guy's going to be. But clearly they're, they're willing to use that capital only on someone that they think is even better than Donovan Mitchell, who right now is an MVP candidate so that's that, that leaves a slim list finally how to get his opinion on what's happening in golden state is it fixable can this train wreck get back on course and they've just been down for their standards across the board when their starters are out. They've been trying to develop these young guys in real time, Jonathan uh, Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. I mean, they're just they're trying to give these guys trial by fire, and they're not ready in certain aspects of the game right now, Wiseman in particular. So they've been kind of sacrificing the near term for the long term and hoping one or two of these guys can pop into the next you know, player like Jordan Poole. I mean, he's clearly the centerpiece of this next era, but they're hoping someone can come be an Andre Iguodala 2.0 or just someone like Kevon Looney 2.0 to help them continue to compete and, and provide some relief to their tax bill. That's all the time that we have for this bonus episode of the Heat Check. Check back tomorrow for an all-new episode early squirrely. Do not forget to check out the feed for past episodes and interviews. Bet MGM Tonight also airs Monday through Friday, live from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is available on demand on the Odyssey app and in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. A million thanks to my co-hosts Ryan Horvat and PJ Glasser and super producer Cameron Gray for making this possible to share with y'all on the feed. Speaking of the feed, please follow us across all channels for coverage of the 2022-2023 NBA season. Download, subscribe, and you know what time it is. Tell your friends. Tell all your friends. It can't just be all Kings fans in here and all Blazers fans in here and all people who hate the Lakers fans in here. Every single one of them. Follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. Because the heat check never sleeps. Even early, squirrely on a Monday morning like today. Thanks again. We'll catch you again soon.